This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, April 7th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. After elections in Hungary, Viktor Orban will serve another term as prime minister after rewriting the Constitution, limiting a top court's power, and effectively banning his opposition from the airwaves. In addition, an ultranationalist anti-Semitic party has made large gains in parliament. Dalibor Rohak, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute, discusses the election results. Populist uh, politics and, and populist nationalism seems to work uh, to a certain extent. So, so it's a landslide victory for, for Mr. Orban's Fidesz party. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's his two-third supermajority again. Um, and it's happening in spite of the fact that there is no real program that, has, that his party has proposed other than, than his personality and his rhetoric and these vague references to, to Hungarian national interests. So that's one takeaway. The other one is, is that Mr. Orban is competing in a space where there are other streams of Hungarian nationalism present, most importantly the Jobbik party, which is an openly racist, openly anti-Semitic, uh, really ugly political group. Now this Yob- this Jobbik party, spelled J-O-B-B-I-K, they sort of got a foothold a few years ago in the Hungarian parliament, but sort of, I guess, softened their message in a way to, and have have made significant gains. Exactly. So, so they try to come across as more respectable than before. Um, and in this election, they have gathered over 21% of the popular vote, which is really scary. But it's the same people. Um, in 2008, this political party started a paramilitary military organization called the Hungarian Guard, which is a group of uh, mostly young males in black uniforms that go to Hungarian villages and harass the local Roma populations. Uh, and it, yes, they might try to, to become more sophisticated, more palatable to, to the median voter, but, but it's still the same ugly message. Once uh, it happened a couple of years ago, um, one of the representatives of, of Jobbik in the parliament asked for for a list of important Hungarian Jews to be drawn that would include uh, Jewish members of the parliament. I mean, it's really uh, scary 1930s rhetoric that, 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 is, that is taking hold in Hungary. Now, Viktor Orban had banned TV advertising for political parties. This is from Bloomberg. Uh, and limited spots on public networks. The rules did not apply to the government, which flooded the airwaves with ads of, quote, Hungary is doing better, a slogan matching that of Mr. Orban's position. Right. So, so that was part of the, um, of the 2010 constitutional reform, which involved strict limits on political campaigning, which do not apply to the government as such, because the government is uh, not a political party itself, but, but it, Effectively, that's been used to curtail uh, political competition. Uh, and electoral reform also led to a gerrymandering of, of electoral districts. Um, and there is a question of the extent to which this result is a, is a result of, 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 of skillful manipulation by, by Mr. Orban rather than of the overwhelming popular re- uh, support that he allegedly has uh, across Hungary. Now, uh, this is also from Bloomberg, as you mentioned, that uh, they had essentially rewritten the constitution. 
Uh, Orban's cabinet rewrote the constitution over opposition protests, curbed the top court's power, staffed agencies such as the central bank and public media with allies, and passed uh, the new election rules that we referred to. This is a a pretty dramatic centralization of power in the executive in Hungary. That's right. And and it's been translated into um, really damaging policies in the economic realm as well. So the attack on the central bank independence is one of one of the things that happened in recent years. Um, the Monetary Policy Committee in Hungary is now staffed by, by Fidesz members, by political appointees. Um, Hungary once had a, a watchdog for fiscal policy, an organization that was part of the government, which would, which could question the government over fiscal matters. Uh, when when it criticized um, Mr. Orban's budget, um, essentially the statutes guiding this organization were redrawn, and and, and new political appointees were put in place uh, that make sure that this organization is no longer a threat to to Mr. Orban's policies. What are the biggest concerns coming out of this? The obvious danger is the rise of of political nationalism and open racism and anti-Semitism that that tries to make make itself look respectable. The other thing is is just the sheer ineptitude of of, of Fidesz um, in, in the economic realm, that is Mr. Orban's party. So, so uh, in response to the financial crisis in 2008, um, Fidesz essentially uh, went down the route of populist haphazard measures that included the nationalization of $14 billion worth of uh, private pension fund assets, uh, specific levies directed at uh, foreign monopolies, as they are, as they are called in, in, in Hungary. Um, the, the attack on central bank independence, um, and there has been very little progress on on those fronts that actually matter. So Hungary has the lowest, one of the lowest um, labor force uh, participation rates in, in the European Union. Many people just stay out of the labor force. Um, it has a very heavy regulatory burden, uh, according to the Global Competitiveness Report. I think it ranks 138th out of 144 countries in the world in terms of the costs of regulatory compliance. Uh, none of this is getting any better. Um, Hungary simply isn't the poster child for successful transition it was in 1990s, and, and I think ordinary Hungarians will pay the price for that. What is the response from the European Union? Certainly there has to be concern with the rest of the European Union. Um, there is a rising concern, um, and effectively it's something that um, Ms. Orban has been very skillful at, at leveraging in the sense that um, any criticism coming from the EU is is, is, is used as an argument by Mr. Orban for, for his nationalist policies. It's this us versus them rhetoric. Um, he at the same time caters to, to petty nationalism, but he also uh, can, ma- can make his message sound uh, as quite sophisticated, Eurosceptic sort of argument that many of us would probably agree with, but we should make no mistake, he's not in the business of uh, increasing freedom in Europe and, and fighting the bureaucracy in Brussels. He really is trying to strengthen his own political position in Hungary. Dalibor Rohak is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute's Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.